the touchdown rundown we talk about the nfl and we're doing so at least for me on a chilly friday afternoon it's you know showering a little bit but there are the beautiful autumn leaves it's chilly so go curl up with a good book and cocoa and maybe hopefully a good podcast uh tony how's the weather where you're at today Can't hear you, Tony. Uh, can you make sure we can hear you? Uh, I currently can't hear you, Tony. So I'm going to um, <clears throat> steer the show a little bit. Maybe you can try and figure out what the, the difficulty is and maybe if it's on my end or not. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Thursday Night Football. So we had a really weird game of Thursday night football the Ravens eight and a half point favorite I thought that they'd probably run away with that game the offense should steamroll a very poor uh Ravens defense that's not what happened at all it actually was it was anything but a blowout we got a score of six to three at halftime which is a very weird result uh in the third quarter Tua Tagovailoa, he came in with an injury to replace the injured Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he would stay in for the remainder of the game decide, uh, despite Brissett being able to return to play, according to team medical staff. The two would combine to go 19 of 36 and came up just shy of 300 yards. Neither had a passing touchdown or an interception, uh, but Tua had Miami's lone rushing touchdown. Uh, however, I do think it's fair to say that the real star of the Dolphins was that Dolphins defense. It finally looked like the defense that I thought it was going to coming into the season. I know Tony and I are both incredibly high on that defense, and it really finally showed up like I thought it could. Uh, you know, They ended Baltimore Ravens' 51 regular season game streak of having at least 14 points in a game, uh, and they and the, the Dolphins came up with an incredible scheme that Tony and I really talked about in depth on NFL kickoff where we went over a drive. But they were able to blitz the Ravens with 24 defensive back blitzes. So it really confused the Ravens. They also did a lot of drop two. So they would look like they're about to rush seven and then would only rush five, uh, you know, dropping two guys back into coverage. But it would effectively work as though they rushed seven because they would completely eliminate linemen and still be able to get rushers free. Um, in fact, it was so good, it confused me a little bit as I'm watching film. So please go check that out NFL Kickoff uh, Sports 2.0 Network on YouTube. Facebook and Twitch. Um, but Tony, you know, what was the most impressive thing about that Miami game? Was it the offense? Was it Tagovailoa coming in and finally kind of looking like the starter that he was hyped up to be in Alabama, where he he led the team well and confidently and the Dolphins moved the ball better? Or was it that defense that really just shut down Lamar Jackson? And, you know, I think, you know, I think Brian Flores honestly deserves to be in the conversation too for helping to come up with that scheme because it was so good. Uh, Campbell, can you hear Tony right now? Uh, like it if you can hear Tony. Campbell. Uh, Campbell, I can't hear you right now. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Tom. I haven't heard Tony yet. Okay, excellent. So, since you you know you've joined as a caller, what, what did you think was most impressive? Because I know we were you know the three of us were watching that game last night. Hello, ah, he's back. Okay, thank you, thank you, Tony, for for figuring that out. Thank you, Campbell. So, Campbell, what did you think was most impressive while we got you here? 
Um, I will say too, it definitely was probably, I mean, of all things, I don't think there's a whole lot to really write home about last night. I mean, Dolphins sure had a pretty good, uh, defensive game. Probably should turn on my TV real quick. My bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, gotta, gotta roll with Tua probably, you know, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries and, you know, a lot of, a lot of hype around the kid, but, uh, he played a good game last night and, um, I'm pretty, I think it's, it shows a lot about who he is as a quarterback and who he is even as a person that, you know, you hear about a lot of these guys these days who, when they're, you know, Heisman Trophy winners in college and not, um, or national championship winners coming to the league, you know, and they'll complain, you know, when they're not playing, they get benched or whatnot. And he just goes out every day, does his role. And last night he prepared like the starter. And when he was called upon, he was uh, ready to roll and did a really good job. So uh, it was pretty good to see. And I definitely think that's the uh, best thing I saw. Thanks, Campbell. Um, Tony, what was the best thing you saw? I know you were really impressed by that defense, um, you know, last night. Do you think that that was definitely better, or do you think that you'd go with the offense? And uh, as Campbell said, Tagovailoa really showing that he, you know, can step up into what he was kind of promised as being and, and play through adversity. I would actually go with the defense for this one. I think that Flores schemed so well for this team. I know, like you were talking about with the. Uh, it looked they made it look like they were going to rush seven, then they would drop two. But you could never really tell which two they were going to drop. And the thing that really set the, set this defense apart with that was normally when you push seven guys up at the line and drop two, the two guys that are going to drop, they they kind of give clues that they're going to drop. Like they're they're kind of on their back foot more than they are their front foot. But what Flores made sure that this team did differently yesterday was he made sure that the guys all looked like they were rushing. Every single one of them took at least one step forward when the ball was snapped before dropping back, which made it so that you couldn't really tell which ones were going to come up and which ones were going to drop back. It confused Lamar. It confused the center. A lot of uh, adjustments were just kind of missed. There was a lot of guys that had free releases to Lamar, and it really threw off his game. And I think we've gotten to the point where one team has figured out, oh, if you just blitz this guy and you kind of confuse him a little bit, you take away his rushing game, he's not going to make the elite throws. He's a, he's, a, he's a good enough passer, but he's not that guy that's going to you know throw a deep ball into coverage and it's going to be a great ball. We've seen that time and time again. So if you can take away the rushing aspect of him, Lamar is a very somewhat mediocre one-dimensional quarterback, and it just won't – the offense fizzles out and yeah, no, absolutely. I I want to give the, the award to the defense, but I almost want to give it to Flores just because, like you said, there were certain things that felt like it was coaching more than anything, like the the fact that, I mean, there were there were genuine instances. Again, we did, we broke this game down. It's really fun, and it's hard to explain visually. Tom, you there? We lost you. This is a disaster. My God. All right. Well, I guess until until Tom's. Able I want to go to Flores just because I thought the coaching was so good. Oh, we got Campbell. Oh, there we go. Hey, Campbell. Or not? It's oh, Jones. I'm on her now. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Didn't know I was. Uh, I've only called in like once. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to step in when Tom was. <laughs> Tom was muted, but uh, no, no. Yeah, we lost you for a second there. I'm Tom. just. I don't uh, know if you know that. Yeah, Tom was you were, you were uh, okay. MIA for a sec, so I was like, "All right, Tony, I'll help you out." But no, my uh, apologies. Uh, I think I have bad internet. It would seem. We'll resume as a listener for you guys today. Uh, what was the the last thing right. you heard, Tony? 
Uh, you pretty much just said you want to give it to Flores, and then it just ah. Okay, yeah. So while I'm struggling with internet, let me let me kind of refocus. So I think it was the coaching, like Tony said, the fact that they looked like they were rushing seven, um, you know, and then only really rushed five, but it still worked as though they were rushing seven. What we noticed through you know half an hour watching film was the fact that they typically seemed to drop the guys that were on the strong side of the formation, the offensive strong side. So, you know, they would have essentially eliminated the, the offensive lineman over there, but still would be able to get the free release. So I think it was just really well schemed, which is why I want to give it to Flores, because it, just, it works so well. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's a great defensive mind. He comes from the Belichick coaching tree. So that's, that's always a pretty good tree to come from. Um, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh, the, uh, I guess it would be knock and lock first. Let's do knock and lock, Tony. Uh, who are you locking in this week? I'm going to go ahead and just lock in Bucks at football team as an easy Bucks win. The football team has been disappointing all year. The Bucks are absolutely rolling right now. There's no way that the you know the football team is able to make this into kind of one of those turnaround games where maybe they start to get better. There's just no shot, even though it is a home game. Yeah, no, you definitely stole the good one. Um, shoot, this is hard. I think I'll I'll lock uh, Cowboys Falcons. You know, for for Campbell's sake, uh, the Cowboys had a really odd, fluky kind of week last week against the Broncos. I don't think we're going to see that. The Falcons do not have the same caliber of defense that the Broncos do, so I think they're not going to be able to stifle the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, you know, should it go to a shootout? I like the Cowboys' offense more than I like the Falcons' offense, but I really don't think we'll get to that point. So I'll lock in. Uh, Cowboys is a nine point favorite. Oh, Campbell's back. He, he, he said he would be, a, he said he'd be a listener, but for not for very long. Uh, yeah, I just got to say like, give me like 30 seconds on the Cowboys real quick. Um, yeah, I definitely ahead. think, uh, appreciate you locking him in. I do believe we're going to win this week, but I just want to say that, um, contrary to some people's belief, I really believe that this game Sunday is uber important for the Cowboys, right? Like, you know, you have a flu game, mm-hmm. that's fine, whatever, but you have to be able to come out and beat this inferior team and get back to where you were. Because if you lose on Sunday, it becomes a very, very slippery slope, right? You drop a game in the division again. Don't like that. We don't need that. We need to make sure that happens. And like, we're still going to make the playoffs, but like you want to be going in hot. You don't want to like fall all the way down and be like, Oh, we made the playoffs. Like, no, dude, we need to get back on track, and I'm really hoping that this team is pissed off this week because they all know, and I've loved what they've said all week, they came out sleepwalking, and they know they're going to get beat like that. So I hope they come out, and I hope they absolutely murder the Falcons by, I'm hoping by 20 points at least. I really hope that's the case. What's the spread, Tom? Uh, it's nine. Ah, let's go. That's yep. why I locked that. <laughs> I locked Hammer that the one Cowboys, in. baby! All right, that's it. All right. Yeah, of course, as always, Campbell, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so let's move over to our Knox. This will be it'll be interesting to see who are knocking. I, I have a feeling I know who Tony is knocking, but let's hear it, Tony. I'm going to knock the Chiefs at Raiders. Uh, the Chiefs are actually favored in this one, and I think that that terrible Chiefs defense is going to struggle a lot against a pretty decent uh, Raiders offense. And while the Chiefs, they're going to put up points because this Raiders defense, it's not terrible, but the Chiefs have been pretty electric, even with the turnover uh, issue that they have. I think that the the Raiders are going to have more opportunities to set themselves up in good positions for scoring uh, than the Chiefs are, mm-hmm. just because you know the Chiefs might score every other drive. But with the terrible Chiefs defense, this Raiders team could potentially score in some fashion on every drive. And I think that it's going to be a close one. It could go either way, but I do think the Raiders... 
No, that's definitely a good one. The Chiefs are definitely struggling. So mine is going to be interesting. I'm going to knock Bills at Jets because the spread is 12. But listen to this. Uh, this is a report from from Rich Simi of the NFL. The Jets are uh, getting healthier on offense. Quote, uh, wide receiver Corey Davis, hip, running back Tevin Coleman, hamstring, both who have missed time, have been cleared to play Sunday against the Bills. Guard Elijah Vera Tucker, toe, and defensive end Shaq Lawson, hamstring, uh, both limited in practice, are expected to play. Wide, res- uh, wide receiver Denzel Mims, COVID-19, has been ruled out. He's in a 10-day quarantine. I like the people that the Jets are getting back, and I think that you know, this one sounds weird, but I kind of like Mike White at quarterback. I believe that the Jets have uh, players have been chanting his name every time he walks into the locker room. Meanwhile, we caught the Bills napping a little bit against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost six nights, making me reevaluate pretty much everything I know about the Bills. So I'm going to take the Jets to cover, not to win, but to cover because 12 points feels a little bit wide for a Jets team that's kind of scrappy now. Um, okay, so let's head on to our next segment. So obviously, one player and one player alone dominated the headlines. Well, that's not true. I suppose there were two. Uh, but one dominated headlines for uh, for a, pretty much an entire NFL calendar week, and that's Odell Beckham. We found out yesterday that he ended up on the Rams. Uh, so he signed a contract that, according to the NFL's Ian Rappaport, uh, it's a one-year deal that's worth up to a maximum of four point two five million. Uh, the five, he the details of the contract: five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, a seven fifty thousand uh, signing for the rest of the season, and then he has three million in team-based incentives based on how the Rams fi- uh, finish out the regular season and then the postseason. Uh, so, at most, it's worth four point two five million. Had Beckham been cl- claimed off of waivers by the Rams, it would have been seven point two five million. So they're getting just a little bit of a discount at three million dollars. Uh, Tony, you have not been a fan of Odell, obviously. I was saying that you know while he's important, I think to a team like he can improve a team. He is probably not worth all the news. So what did you make of the Rams finally getting Odell? I don't think that Odell's really going to help this team, like. Like, in terms of making this team, like, from maybe an NFC championship to a Super Bowl-caliber team, I don't think he does that. I think they're a Super Bowl-caliber team, with or without him. Uh, I do think that they went about it the right way. I thought it was great that they gave him very minimum guaranteed stuff and then made a lot of it incentive. Just because I don't think that... I think if he if he truly comes out and puts up the numbers that are going to make a difference for this team, he should be paid for that. But if he continues on this trend of mediocrity, then you shouldn't pay him, you know, like he's a great receiver. So making it all incentive based was definitely the way to go for it. They got him at a discount. I was pretty sure nobody was going to claim him off waivers because he was ridiculously expensive for the production that he gives and has been given. Uh, so I think they went about it the right way. I truly don't think that he's going to do all that much with the team simply because if you look at the depth chart, he's not going to be wide receiver one. He's not going to be wide receiver two. He's listed as wide receiver three, but he's been outperformed by Van Jefferson this year already. And Van Jefferson was their wide receiver three. So realistically, I think Odell should be their wide receiver four. And I don't think that that should be that controversial. If you look at the stats, Van Jefferson has been pretty reliable and he's been targeted. He hasn't been targeted all that much. He only has 27 receptions this year. 433 yards, three touchdowns. Odell, on the other hand, he has, let's see, 
Shout out BSPN. Odell, on the other hand, has 17 receptions, 232 yards, zero touchdowns on the year. Yes, there was all the controversy with uh, Baker Mayfield potentially not throwing to him. But at the end of the day, Odell obviously was dropping a lot of balls. So hopefully he can get that cleaned up here with the Rams. He's not going to have that much of an excuse uh, with Matthew Stafford throwing the ball unless we start to see Stafford perform like he did against the Titans where he looks more like the science teacher than the quarterback who just cannot throw the ball. So we'll see how he does. I believe in Stafford. I think he's going to be consistent, and it's truly going to come down to is Odell actually any good? This is going to be his final. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think that he, it matters, but I agree that like it's, you know, it improves them, but it's by a matter of degrees. Like it, I agree, it does not take them from a Super Bowl. I mean, from being an NFC Championship team to making them a Super Bowl contender, or like a wild card team to an NFC contender. Like it's a very small move, but I do think that it matters, um, at the very least, a little bit. Now, where he fits on the depth chart, I personally would have said wide receiver three. Um, you know, I do think you can make a case for a statistical performance based on wide receiver four, but I think ability wise, maybe he's a wide receiver three. I do think it's going to be interesting because this kind of will solve the chemistry question for us is Matthew Stafford. If, if, if he can kind of return Odell back to championship caliber form, or well, I, should, I should not say championship caliber form, but the form of Odell that we thought we would get when the Browns were made into a playoff caliber team, his first year there. Um, you know, then we could kind of chalk it up to being Baker, but I, I don't believe that. I don't buy that it's a chemistry thing. I think that just Odell can make incredible catches, but you no, know, other than that, you know, he's a very uh, average receiver. Uh, so Tony, uh, would you kind of set up what we're trying to do here? Because I'm going to read off a list of names um, and they're going to seem incredibly random. So I want to, I want to uh, have you set up why I'm reading off the list of names that I'm about to read off. Okay, so these names, these guys that some of you might not even recognize or think that these guys play in the NFL, these are all guys that, according to the Zelo model, are comparable to Odell Beckham Jr. statistically this season. So go ahead, Tom. Let's see who these guys are and how ridiculous these guys are. Yeah, so um, Odell currently has a rating by the Zelo model of 22.4 which is a pretty it's a pretty poor rating overall honestly and for someone of his caliber like the the zelo model would have said he's criminally overpaid um and yeah someone of his caliber to be placed on waivers we probably should not have been paying that much attention to him because it would essentially be the the equivalent of if amon ra saint brown of the detroit lions had been placed on waivers in fact amon ra would have been uh is actually rated better by a few points. <laughs> so it would have been a bigger deal if Amon Ross St. Brown were placed on waivers, according to Zillow. Yeah. This, essentially, this is highway robbery, is what we're hearing, of Odell just stealing money from the Rams. Um, and Tony, <laughs> we were doing this last night. I read off about 20 names of people who were valued around Odell. Uh, do you remember what team Amon Ross St. Brown plays for? Amonra, yeah, he's Lions. Yeah, so Tony has this ridiculous ability where I can just name a random player and somehow he's able to figure out where the player, either where he plays right now or where he played about a season ago. It's kind of ridiculous. I, like I said, I listed off 20 names and I believe he went 17 of 20 because I was trying to actively stump him and failed so many times. Um, 
So an- another comp it became personal very quick. It did. Yes. Um, okay. Another, another player, Gabriel Davis. Uh, do you remember he's at Tony? He's at the bills. I remember I got this one wrong. Yeah. So he is a value of 20.13. So he's, uh, you know, not exactly the same as Odell, but very equivalent to Odell. Uh, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios. I do not recall this one at all. Uh, that is a Jets player who's actually valued at more than Odell at 26.9. Braxton Berrios? Hold on a second. Braxton, How do you Braxton Berrios. Last name? Uh, it's, it's Berrios. It honestly kind of sounds just like it. It's it, it spelled just like it sounds. It's B-E-R-R-I-O-S. Braxton uh, Berrios well, stats. Oh, I can oh give you his stats. I have them. I have them right here, actually. Uh, so he's been targeted 28 oh, times. He has 20 receptions. He has 174 yards, um, and he has a touchdown. Obviously, the, t- the touchdown matters because Odell doesn't have one. In fact, I believe the stat was noticed um, that the Browns' defense has more touchdowns than Odell does um, on the season, which I find to be hilarious, uh, clearly. Uh, so yeah, Braxton Berrios, according to the model, is actually valued sig- like not significantly, right? Like you know, four points is is a difference, but it still matters. Um, all right, let's head on to the next couple of people. Uh, th- this one, I think. Oh, we got Campbell. I can't wait to hear this. Hold on, we got to get Campbell in here. I uh, saw so, uh, quick, quick Campbell on. Uh, um, so I've been. I just got to the person's house. I'm dog sitting for. I've been like over listening. I'm assuming you said Amon Ra and Braxton Berrios both have a better Zelo than Odell. Correct. Oh, dude. and I have more. I mean, names. Ed hits so names. close to home just because both of those guys have. I've watched both those guys in person play football against uh, Notre Dame, and they've clowned us a couple times. So that is. It's very relatable, and I think that's just absolutely awesome. Um, but let the record show that. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, have you ever heard of a player of his caliber joining a team and the odds for a Super Bowl didn't move? I mean, that, that, that is, that's unheard of. I mean, <laughs> Vegas knows, baby. It's it all I'm saying, man. So this guy, I mean, what a waste of money. And it sucks they have Stafford because I really would like to watch this experiment blow up in the Rams' face because I love to see people who go win now. And it doesn't work. I think it's comedy. No bad blood or anything. I just think it's it's entertaining. But um, I'm interested to see how it goes because I really don't think – I just think it's going to happen again, dude. I really do, right? I mean, it, he's not going to get targets. He can't. I mean, so here's the thing is that he's wide receiver number three. And the argument here, like, it has to be that by improving your wide receiver number three by X – um, you know, you're, you're making your team better overall by why it's not that you think he's going to be the championship sure. difference. In fact, Tony, uh, would you read off on, do you still have the Rams depth chart up? Cause I can tell you by uh, Zelo yeah, where the up. model would put Odell in terms of depth charts at wide receiver. <laughs> oh, I'm going to guess Zelo might put him at five. Uh, yeah. So read off all the wide receivers names. I'll, I'll bookmark them in Zelo. Oh. And also okay, just a so quick point receiver. too. Sorry, yeah, go ahead, Tony. Go for it, Campbell. Okay. Um, I mean, Deshaun Jackson left for the same reason. Like, why do you think he's gone? Same type of deal, right? Still can somewhat produce. He's still got great deep ball speed, but the dude wasn't getting any targets, and he complained about it. And McVay said, see a boss. Like, it's just – I can't believe that people think that he's just randomly going to change. Dude. Like, he's not going to get targets. He's going to bitch, and I can't wait. 
watch the uh, the the profanity, please. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, you're fine. Just we try to try to be family friendly and all that. Deshaun Jackson ranks higher than Odell. Exactly. I, I find that a little I would, bit hilarious. I see that honestly. I think I think I would I would definitely rather have Deshaun over Odell. I think you take I, Odell. I, I honestly age. forgot that he was on the Rams in the beginning of the in the beginning of the season. I think you'd be inclined to take Odell for age. Um, that is true. Odell is no. much younger. He's still in his twenties. Deshaun right? Jackson's like, thirty. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is thirty-five. He's thirty. Okay, so there is that. I guess if you're going for longevity's sake, I would rather have Odell. But like for one season, I think I'm still going to take Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, there's a reason to uh, to take him. Well, the Rams the Rams are not about longevity. If anything has has proven, they are. <laughs> I mean, they don't Super Bowl this year. We're talking absolutely. We're yeah. talking dire straits next year. I mean, they're going to have. Who are they going to draft? I mean, they're going to have to pick me. Like they won't. In, <laughs> we're talking. They have no money. They're going to have. Yeah, they're going to really have to get really the Falcons. Did. The Falcons had to get rid of Julio because they couldn't sign their draft class. It's all worth it if you get a Super Bowl there, all right? They ain't getting a Super Bowl. I mean, we'll see, right? That's they, the, gonna the, the dream. They're going to be a worse close, though. I'll say that. But yeah, that's it, boys. Appreciate. Oh, we got Chase all right. in. All right, we'll oh, say goodbye Chase to you, Dan. Let Chase. Let Chase come on in. Uh, I, I hear you Welcome guys Chase. talking Odell. There's a lot of moves in the league this week. I I don't think Odell does much for them. I, I think I think he's fun and like an ornament on the tree, but it's not. It's not, oh, I love that. I love that analogy. Yeah, that's really I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I think Von Miller situationally could be the more impactful. Uh, oh, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah, Von oh, matters a lot more. Yeah. And is he playing this week? Do we have we're supposed to? OK, Good. he didn't last week, but he should mm-hmm. this week. I think he will. I mean, just with the like added like help of having Aaron Donald in the middle there, he, if he can just do his bend and get after the pass rusher. I mean, it's going to be deadly. I, I, I can see, I can see him racking mm-hmm. up like six or seven sacks here in the last uh, half of the season. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, agree. I think he had six before he got traded over here. So he's still producing. Yeah. It's, it could be pretty deadly. I, I really like McVeigh. I don't think he's going to like get embarrassed two weeks in a row here. I think they respond well. I, I mean, agreed. Part of that was just Stafford missing some kind of weird turnovers. Um, not weird. I, I think Kevin Byard played awesome and like made some great plays. But uh, I, I, I think they just get back to, to to right here. I don't know. That's just my two cents. Yeah, no, your def- your two cents is always welcome, Chase. Um, to give the to Chase's point that Von Miller is going to be more important. Von Miller is a forty eight on the Zelo, but it is also keep in mind a forty eight on the Zelo is incredibly hard to achieve on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive players average a lot lower, so to say a twenty on defense on the defensive side of the ball would actually be a fairly you know significant player. Uh, a, a decent piece. So Vaughn being at 50 is important. Uh, he has 4.5 sacks, 19 combined tackles. 10 of them uh, are solos and nine of them are assisted. Seven are tackles for losses and he has nine QB hits. So, you know, he's a, he's a good player um, for sure. Now, Tony, let's get back to the uh, reading off of the depth chart for the Rams. All right. So wide receiver one, we obviously have Cooper cup mm-hmm. wide receiver two. We got Robert Woods. Okay. Wide receiver three right now is labeled as Odell, of course. And then wide receiver four mm-hmm. is going to be Van Jefferson. Do you want me to go ahead and try the five? Yeah, shoot for the five. If I have him on here, let's, why not? All right. So let's see. The five is going to be Ben Skalrenek. I have him. 
you have him. Okay, cool. Yep. That's All that's right. the Zelo model. <laughs> uh, so Ben Skyrick, unfortunately, to to Tony's point, do you want to try the five? We tried him. He is five points. Uh, so it matters. He's positive, but you know, it's not huge. Um, but I guess let's go. Who was number one, Tony? I believe you said it was Cup, correct? Cup, yeah, Cup is a 132. <laughs> I don't think Odell's moving him anytime soon. Okay. Odell's never going to be the one. Uh, you know Robert that. Woods is a 70, <laughs> 75.5. So he's not moving either. Okay. Uh, the two. Van Jefferson is a 43.7. So Odell should realistically be a second string be fourth. Yeah, he should be fourth. Which is mind blowing. And not a starter. And if the Rams had been able to hold on to Deshaun Jackson, he would be the five. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I just, I genuinely don't, like, if you take you, it's just, this is exactly what it's like. It's just like the Chiefs. Like, just by the name, you think that they're good. But then you actually look at their stats, and they're not that good. This is just like Odell, except I think Odell's even would, worse. Tony, I think we can we can make the punchline of how bad Odell is and how much we've overanalyzed where he's going. Can, can we make it sweeter? Would you read me the tight ends' names so I can oh, tell you? Uh, it, okay, <laughs> add in the pass catching tight ends. Tyler Higby is number one. Then you have okay. Kendall Blanton. Wow. Okay, they got me. I don't have. Say it again. Kendall Blanton, B L A N T O N. He has done. They got me. I don't. I don't have Kendall Blanton. Well, in fairness, he's done literally zero things this entire year, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have. Any as a pass time. catcher, as a pass catcher, Tyler Higby, thirty-seven point five. He is better. So your starting tight end is better than your fourth string receiver as a pass catching option. Yeah, as a pass catching option by a significant margin. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. So, like, when I put Odell over to the Rams, like, again, it does matter. 22 points is helpful, but 22 points is probably not worth the time that we've spent on it. Like, ESPN, I feel like, did hours upon hours upon hours of figuring out how good Odell is and where he's going. And the model is telling you he doesn't. Yeah. So, I guess a question I would have, I don't know if the model can really, if the model really takes this into consideration so odell beckham is listed right now on espn as the wide receiver three which bumps back van jefferson to the wide receiver four which means he is now technically not a starter so since you are your wide receiver three is now mm-hmm. lower on the point scale than van jefferson was is this actually a step backwards for the rams if they start to target odell more than they do van jefferson so i mean yeah it genuinely could be right so if, if he starts to see less um, targets and let, has therefore less receptions in yardage. His score, his score would suffer. Uh, while you know Odell might ac- increase a little bit, but yeah, I mean we could genuinely see uh, a decrease for the Rams if you know if the Rams had to get rid of a wide receiver, they would be fine. You know, but uh, like I don't think it would be too problematic. But yeah, I think you're going to see a diminishing of the Rams wide receiver room as a whole because Odell is going to get more targets and you know he's not the most efficient wide receiver as evidenced by the fact that he's not worth 23 Zelo. Yeah. And plus like, I think like when Campbell called in, he said, you know, Deshaun Jackson wanted out of there because he wasn't really getting a lot of targets. Deshaun Jackson is not really the drama type. Like he was just kind of a buckle down and work to get your targets kind of a guy. And yes, he's aging. He's not going to be getting targets, but that is very much not Odell. So now if we start to see Odell, not be not getting targets, this is going to be a 
just a hailstorm of controversy and drama because everybody on social media still thinks Odell is good when he is not. It's ridiculous. I mean, here's the thing is that like, I think that he's not going to complain because the gravity of Odell is such that I think Stafford is going to probably start looking to him to throw to more just because, you know, the, the whole reason he came to the LA Rams is one, you know, championship aspirations, but two, it's because it, I think he's, you know, the idea is that he is the third least important, you know, the third most important wide receiver, one of the more least less important ones, I should say, on the roster. So the idea is that he can get single coverage. So I think we're going to see his targets go up, um, you know, whether he can. Well, I wonder if it's actually the opposite, though. What if they don't target him and use him as a dummy receiver to take double coverages potentially off of Robert Woods? Yeah, no, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, right? I don't think we'll see this weekend because it'll probably be too soon um, for Odell to really do anything. Maybe like, you know, with Cam Newton, he'll have a couple of packages that he's incorporated into, but, you know. We might have to wait for that one, but I think that's a good point. Is that like he he might help the Rams' other wide receivers by his own gravity? Yeah, honestly, like if he's just a dummy receiver that never gets any targets and is just running routes to run routes, like that is going to be he's going to complain about that after maybe at at, at the longest two or three weeks knowing Odell. Yeah, I think he might not because. I think he knows that the narrative is also out that like he's a negative player. So I don't think he's going to like if you're Odell, you're here to get a championship and you're here to to try and find a huge contract somewhere else. Yeah, which I just don't think no matter what, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. No, me neither. I'm not I'm not particularly sold on Odell. Um I mean like I said, I, you know, I, mean, I this could realistically be Odell's last year in the NFL. No, I think it's his last year as a spotlight piece. But if he doesn't do anything on the Rams, then I think that he will, you know, he'll go somewhere else and maybe live kind of a quieter life. Like I, I the 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 amount of attention someone this unimportant gets is, I think, like this is the last time we're going to care about where Odell Beckham is going. He's more, he, ha- I think that. Well, I guess it, it depends on how loud he is. Like if he's a drama, if he creates drama for three teams now, nobody's gonna yeah. pick him up. I, I don't think so. I think, are you telling me like right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars would not take Odell Beckham? With the drama that they already have going with, you know, Trevor Lawrence being underwhelming, Urban Blyer. The Lions? I, I don't think like, they I want mean, to add more. There are 32 teams. Like, I think that uh, I, the Chiefs actively wanted him. I think you're right. Maybe if he causes drama with the Rams, but the Andy Reid himself was trying to get Odell onto, his, onto the Chiefs. I, I, I guess if he doesn't cause drama and he just has a quiet year in his cut or he doesn't get a new contract, he'll go somewhere else. But if he creates drama again, I don't think he gets signed again. Yeah, no, that's, that's, not that's, that's totally fair. All right. Um, in the interest of, of just moving the show along, let's hop on over to Cam Newton. Uh, we, we did, we did a little bit of a short episode on him uh, yesterday, but we do want to kind of reiterate on it now that we have more information uh, and really just kind of, I think, you know, you have time to react a little bit, uh, maybe opinions change and all that. So according to Ian Rappaport, the NFL uh, reporter, the Panthers gave co- uh, quarterback Cam Newton a one-year deal worth up to $10 million. Uh, It includes $4.5 guaranteed and $1.5 million as a roster bonus. Uh, the rest are, of course, incentives based on individual and team performances. Um, I, so here's the thing is I know Tony, you said that it was highway robbery by Cam Newton. Uh, and I agree that he probably got overpaid a little bit, but I think he, I don't think he, he had the Panthers over a barrel, right? I mean, 
I don't I don't think Cam Newton is worth much of anything. But I know totally but he honest. had I think he had them over a barrel. I think he 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 exploited that the Panthers didn't have Sam Darnold. He exploited that the Panthers desperately needed a quarterback. He exploited that the Panthers fan base was dying for Cam Newton to come home. And so I think those three things combined is what got him that payday more than anything else. Yeah, I definitely think so from a football perspective, this is a stupid move. He is not going to be a guy that saves this team. He's not worth the money they're paying him. The reason they're paying him is because they just want to get Panthers fans excited for this team that's not going to go anywhere this year. They just want to get people in the stadium for home games, try to get some people in the stadium for some away games. That's really all they're doing. They're just trying to get some hype around the franchise, even though they know that's not going to help this team really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think having Cam is a better option than having PJ Walker, right? Like if you, if it was Cam or Sam, then I think it's probably kind of comparable. But if it's Cam or PJ Walker, then I think Cam is the better option. I mean, we'll see, but I don't think Cam was so disappointed in New England, like so much worse than I thought even he would be. I didn't think he would do anything just because I didn't think he would kind of conform to the pass first method and he kept trying to run and then when he would pass he was just awful and he's not at the age anymore where he can really push mm-hmm. a run anymore he has to start adapting to passing the ball being comfortable in the pocket sure you can move around in the pocket but try to push the ball downfield a little bit more with your arm at, i think he's 32 you can't really get out and run and be as explosive as you once were and if you can't conform to that in the patriot system the passing system of this quarterback is going to be upright in the pocket hopefully with very little pressure and just throwing dink and dunk passes down the field it works if you can't even do that then you're not going to do it in any other system there's no way mm-hmm I do want to go back to your idea that this is an ownership move. I absolutely believe it's an ownership move. David Newton, the Panthers beat reporter, quote, my youngest son texted to say tickets he was looking at online for the Panthers next week against the Washington football team have gone from 50 to 60 to $104 since Cam Newton was signed. I mean, you know, it's, I definitely agree. It's a very easy move to make, right. To, to bring Cam Newton back. He's a fan favorite. Um, and you know, I think that I think it's a slam dunk, right? Like financially, I think that he may be paying Cam Newton five million dollars, possibly ten million, but I think he's gonna make a good amount of ticket sales and you know, merchandise too. Yeah, I absolutely do think that you know there's there's I I would be very curious I'm very curious to see how he does the rest of the season. Maybe he does come back and maybe he does adapt to this new system. We're never gonna see MVP Cam again. I think that is out the window for sure. But I just I would like to see, like, is his touchdown to interception ratio going to be positive? Because it wasn't in New England, not even close. So I just want to see if he can even get back to that level. And I honestly am not sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard for me because, like, right, my, my heart says that this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me since he left. Um, but the analyst brain says to me, I mean, I literally wrote an article, like it was five reasons basically that Cam Newton won't work with the Panthers. Um, so how does this change the scheme though? We know that, you know, we know that Joe Brady was brought in, that Sam Darnold was obviously brought in to comp, you know, to pass out to those weapons. They wanted a, you know, a better passing game. It's the, one of the reasons they got rid of Teddy Bridgewater because he wasn't living up to the passing game expectations. Um, do we think that, you know, I think you have to change the offense a little bit to kind of fit Cam Newton a little bit better. Uh, 
than you know before, right? I don't think he's going to be passing nearly as deep. I think he's going to be passing shorter. I think there will be more options for him to run. You know, what do you think we're going to see that changes for the Panthers? Well, that's kind of the the weird question now is, right, like you would think that if you're going to change the scheme, what are you going to do? You're going to make it so that he can run more, and you're going to make it so that he has shorter passes. The weird thing is, though, he already lived off of shorter passes in New England, and he sucked at it. So maybe you do just start letting him go well, deep and just saying, well, you're going to throw picks if you throw short anyways, and then just starting to let him run anyways. I think that the difference, though, is that he has weapons now in Carolina. Like he didn't have anybody. His best, his best receivers were, you know, practically tight ends. Are you know, were arguably tight ends. So I think that because he has weapons, I think that the short passing game is more viable for him. And here's the thing: I don't think they can default to the deep passing game because the offensive line isn't going to protect him long enough for those receivers to really get deep. That is true. I forgot the O line is so bad. So I guess with you the, forgot the you forgot the offensive line is the worst in the league. I, I did forget about that. You got me there. So I guess then with that, how is he going to be able to run that? I mean, it's, even even if it's a quarterback design draw, he's not going to be able, like. There's not going to be a good hole for him to get through. And yes, he's Cam Newton. He's he's humongous. But I just don't see how he's going to be able to be an effective rusher. And we know he's not going to be an effective pass. Well, so here's my theory: is that you know. As you defensively speaking, if you play Cam Newton, um, you're, you're probably going to load up the box more than you are going to cover the receivers to dare him to pass, right? But with the good receivers, maybe he actually does start improving his passing game. You have CMC, obviously a pass catching threat. You have more. You have Robbie Anderson, who's out of down here, but I think can improve. Uh, yeah, my my honestly, kind of my personal favorite Panther right now, besides maybe CMC um, and Tommy Tremble, the, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch and watch him grow. Um, you know, so I think they have more passing options. So I think that the passing game is more viable. So obviously, you know, if you load the box to stop Newton from running and, you know, allow passing to happen, he's going to pass better, which means they have to kind of ease out of the box. So CMC plus Cam Newton, I think can maybe run a little bit better if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, so let's talk about, you know, we, we do the Zillow model. It's one of the, I don't know, the the signatures of the show. So let's talk about the Zillow model. Tony, uh, I believe on a reaction show, I read you off how much Zillow valued uh, Sam Darnold and how much Zillow valued Cam Newton. Do you kind of remember ballpark where those numbers were? Uh, I'll be honest, I do not. Okay, well, that's perfect uh, because I'm sure, you know, some of the audience doesn't either didn't listen or doesn't remember either. So as a pure passer, uh, Sam Darnold was a 43.9. Do you kind of remember based on that information where Cam was at? I'm going to guess Cam was worse than that. Maybe 30s. So based off of his New England performance, Cam is actually a 61.5 passer. How the heck does that happen? He threw more picks than touchdowns. Yeah, but you have to remember, you know, yards help, right? Yards are kind of a good buffer. He played in 15 games last season. Uh, You know, obviously didn't finish all of them. That means he had 242 completions on 360 attempts. That's about a 66% passing completion. That's 6% better than Darnold. Uh, In those 15 games, he did have 2,657 passing yards. Um, He did have the eight touchdowns and the 10 interceptions. Um, and was sacked 31 times. So again, you know, I know you're saying like, how is he, how is he 60? 60 is not good. Uh, 
I believe Drew Locke was a 70 last year. And Drew Locke was pretty horrible. So 60 is not a good passer rating. Uh, where Cam Newton makes up for it is the fact that he can run the ball pretty efficiently. Uh, Zelo currently has him as a 130 overall, which is pretty impressive because that means his rushing accounts for 73 Zelo points. Uh, Sam Darnold is in a very similar boat. He's that 44 passer, uh, but he makes up for it with his legs, which is you know was surprising. But he actually led the league in rushing touchdowns. Uh, from a quarterback and as a player overall, briefly, he is a 24-point uh, rusher, which brings him to a total of 67.8. Okay, so then are are we saying that Cam is better? Or is the, is the model saying Cam uh, the is mo- better or no? The, yeah, the model likes Cam and likes Cam by a fair margin. Okay, that is interesting, and I disagree. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fair. Like, I, I disagree as well. Now, I think here's the thing, right, that we're going to see. And here's, you know, the model gives you numbers, but it doesn't give you the explanation. The explanation is left for you to figure out. So my take on it is that New England had a top five offensive line when Cam was there, but he also you know, had no weapons. Uh, but, you know, now you have the inverse. You have weapons, but no offensive line. I think we're going to see Cam's numbers dip because he has no offensive line. Uh, would you agree with that, that maybe that's kind of the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, it's, you are right. It is going to be the inverse, and I I just don't think he's going to be able to handle any kind of pressure. And with this O-line, he's going to have nothing but pressure. So as crazy as it sounds, he's probably going to be even worse. I I don't know if I want to say worse. Um, I, I mean, maybe the same, but I, I don't think he's going to be worse. At least At the very least, I hope he's not going to be worse because I will cry. Uh, I'll be very sad. I have his poster hanging in my room. So again, like remember, remember, maybe Tony's the more realistic individual because I have hope in my heart. It's kind of like how I predicted Jordan Love would be really mediocre against the Chiefs. And Tony was like, I think he can go off. And, you know, <laughs> what was the more realistic result? So maybe take Tony's results is more is being more accurate right now. Um, I did want to talk about PJ Walker. So Tony, based on the information I've given you, where do you think PJ ranks by Zelo? I I could not even imagine. I can even begin to guess. I have no idea. Yeah, you definitely couldn't. You would not get it in, in about a million years. And that's, you know, you know the Zelo model, probably second best to myself. Um, so he, in four games, his completion, 32 of 56. That's about 57%. He has 368 yards, a touchdown, five interceptions, uh, and has taken four sacks for 31 yards. So... Is it start with a positive? Is it a positive number? It's not a positive number, my friend. Ah, uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> Shoot, it's going to guess negative seventeen. Oh, okay. I'm kind of interested now. I think I, I genuinely think you're you're looking at my computer right now. <laughs> Am I right? really close? So overall, he's a negative eighteen. Ah, <laughs> like. oh, come on. Yeah, as a passer, he's a negative twenty three, but he does have he makes up for it with uh, some yards on. Yards on the ground. So he's a negative 18 overall, but a negative 24 is a passer. So he scared me for a second. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's bad. I know he's yeah, bad. Yeah, no. So I think it makes, I think uh, bringing Cam Newton at least compared to Phillip, uh, as he's called, you know, the football reference has, has him as Phillip. I call him PJ. I think he prefers PJ, but I have no idea. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it made a lot more sense, right? Um, now, Tony, with. I want to play the Zelo model with Sam Darnold in and then with Cam Newton in. And I want to tell you, I want you to tell me, uh, you know, 
which if you think that this result makes sense, basically. So okay. with Sam Darnold in, uh, the Zelo model believes that the Panthers uh, will finish with a 7.25 record uh, in wins. So that would put them at 9.75 losses. Does that, you know, is that kind of where you have them right now? Okay. That's pretty reasonable, yeah. Okay, now give me a second to uh, flip it over to uh, Cam Newton. So with uh, Cam as opposed to Sam, it would actually bump the Panthers up by about 0.75 wins. So it would put Cam, uh, it would put the Panthers as eight and nine, and it would put them in third in the division. So eight and nine, as opposed to with Sam seven and seven, seven and nine, seven and ten. Uh, yes, seven yes, and ten. Okay, eight, nine, to seven and ten. I, mm. I really, I honestly think you flip those. I think they would do about a game or two better with Sam than Cam, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now here's with uh, Walker in the Panthers would go six and five oh. and ten and five, uh, six and five and then six point five and ten and five. Sorry, I'm struggling here. <laughs> Really, it's only that much worse. Uh, it's that much worse, yes. But you no, know, that's that has them what winning two more games. I mean, yeah, but with a guy that throws one touchdown and five interceptions in the only times that he's played, I would guess that they would win approximately. Geez, they'd go maybe three and three and fourteen. They've they've won games though already. Like they're they're saying that. I mean, yeah, they've won four games, so they're basically saying that that it that the Panthers would finish the season with two more wins. Two wins for the rest of the season, PJ. I still don't think so because I think even with Sam, you win maybe one or two more games. Yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair, uh, PJ did have a higher rating at the end of last season because you know he's played. He's just playing in a backup role, so he's kind of getting thrust into the moment when maybe he's not ready for it and hasn't had the the preparation that he really needs. Good lord! Clearly, <laughs> I don't think that's a question. No, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Maybe that maybe it was a little bit obvious. Um, I, I think that he would balance out, though, right? Like you'd think he'd balance out a little bit as the season progresses. Well, I don't know. I mean, we could be seeing Nathan Peterman two here. So he better passer rating if he just threw it into the dirt every time. So last year, Walker actually had an eighty-five point. Eight, which is kind of crazy. Um, he had one touchdown, two interceptions, but he only took two sacks. He played in three games, um, had about 300 yards and, you know, 200, uh, 27 completions to 42 attempts. I mean, that's still pretty, that's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not great, but it, you know, his record as a pure passer is at least a little bit better. Now to be, <laughs> to be fair, you have to factor in his rushing ability, uh, which was considered by Zelo to, to be a negative 25. So he balances out to being about a 60, but okay. better than negative. Well, that's, <laughs> it's better than negative, but yeah, geez, by, by pretty much no margin. Yeah, I mean, it would actually, that would put him as the exact same as Sam Darnold, but, you know, as a passer. Oh, great. It's a real high bar um, going for him here. Oh, truly a high bar. Um, <laughs> now, is there anything you want to do before we head out, Tony? I think that's all I got. That's all you got? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably all I got, too. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we'll wrap the show a little bit early. I know we try to aim for an hour, but this week, we, we since we talked about Cam so much yesterday, we didn't really want to bog you down by repeating a bunch of information. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.
See you later, guys.